Y'all notice we added some chairs to the house. It's a little more spread out, a little more comfortable. Don't get too comfortable if y'all invite people, then it's going to get packed again, amen? It's a good problem. That's some good problems to have. We've got to buy more chairs, right? And I love that we have to do that because we haven't gone marketing. We haven't gone trying to necessarily get people in. We're a church hidden behind a pawn shop and a liquor store where everybody wants to go. I love that. I believe God is growing this house very intentionally for a very specific reason. And a word that we got a couple of years ago when we moved into this small, small space, which, remember, it was just this little one, and God blessed us with the rest just in the, within a few months. He gave us the phrase, get hidden. First, it was decrease for increase, and then it was get hidden. Wasn't hard to get hidden, um, being where our location was, but we cut out a lot of stuff. We, we, stopped, we used to pay for Facebook advertising, as most churches do. I don't know if you know that, but if you go in, see, here I am going ranting again, not even my, my messages, but it goes with it. We, most churches do that. They, you go into a Facebook marketing campaign and you pay for your ads to get a certain number of views and a certain number of likes, and we used to do all that, and uh, it was a horrible investment because no one liked us and no one came. And uh, we, we, paid for, <laughs> we paid for the billboards, and I remember... Um, thousands of dollars spent. We had one guy come by seeing the billboard, and it was the guy who we paid to put up the billboard. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was just over and over and over trying to do things in our hands and not just saying, God, what do you want us to do? And I believe in this message of the hidden places we're going to find that oftentimes it's when you get hidden and get alone and find out how to hear his voice and hear his ways, you'll find your greatest promotion. And promotion is not always right up to the top, I believe promotion is just simply promoted into your next step and your next assignment and to the next season of your life. And I think even season sometimes is the wrong word. Because, you know, we, we try to get God to operate in, like, our seasons. And I, I, I don't even know if God operates in season. I think God just operates, and we try to call it seasons to understand how he operates. Like, I'm in just a season of rest. No, you're resting until you get hidden and get the next step. That, does, that, does that make sense? We try to limit God to our understanding, but he's beyond our understanding. I want to remind you where we're at in the days of Elijah. Elijah has gone to King Ahab, and he's called a drought. He says, hey, King Ahab, it ain't going to rain till I say it's going to rain. In the name of my God, Yahweh, Ahab didn't like that, of course. Because Ahab and his wife Jezebel worshiped the God called Baal. Elijah, this no one as far as he is concerned, pops up and starts talking about his God, Yahweh, and says, it ain't going to rain till I say it's going to rain. <clears throat> Coming in direct opposition to Baal, because Baal was the God of fertility, the God of rain, the God of dew. And here Elijah is saying, I'm coming against everything in the name of my God and saying, your God ain't got power. And my God is saying, I'm going to show you who is the true God by just declaring a drought, right? So because of that, Elijah kind of got into some, some heat with the government. You don't go to the government and say, it ain't going to rain. Then it stops raining and think you're safe. So Elijah, the Lord actually says, go high. Go hide. 
And he goes and hides by the Kareth Brook, and he's depending on water from the Kareth Brook, uh, the Kareth Brook and, and food from ravens. And Elijah's learning a lot of things. We talked about how the ravens, it was, they were the unclean thing, bringing the food to Elijah. And Elijah, being a, 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 a Jewish man, was used to eating clean things. So he was having to break his tradition and take the province, uh, the, 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 the provision of God, however it came in an unclean vessel. Then all of a sudden, learning how to depend on God, all of a sudden the brook dries up. And instead of Elijah trying to act out of God's timing and saying, let it rain, which I believe the church does all the time, we say, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. We don't ask God if it's time for it to rain. You ever thought about that? <laughs> we never consult God, we just assume. And God doesn't just, Elijah doesn't say, let it rain. Elijah says, God, what's next? And God says, I want you to go back to enemy territory and there's going to be a widow woman collecting sticks. And we talked about how last week this was a poor woman collecting sticks for her last supper with her, with her son. And Elijah gets there and they bring the sticks and Elijah says, hey, can you get me a, a drink of water? And by the way, fix me some food, woman. Not in that way, kind of, if you read the scripture. It's actually a holy way to talk to your wives, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's about time for me to get hidden. So they, they go back to the widow's home. Some of y'all look at me with darts in your eyes. Get over it. They go back to the widow's home, and they fix the food, and Elijah tells them, hey, if you give it to me first... God's going to provide everything you need until the day the rain comes back. And sure enough, the food's going and the, the food's coming and the container's being filled up. And he says, God's given you more than enough. And we discussed that more than enough was for the people in the home, not for the entire village, just for Elijah, the widow, and the son. Because it would have been enough to feed the village, the people in the village would have given credit for Baal. I wonder sometimes if the reason God is not pouring everything out in the city right now is because they're too blind to give God credit for what's supposed to be poured out. That's why we need an awakening of who he is before everything gets start to pour out of the church. There's got to be awakening of, of who he is and the way that starts is the church understanding who he is. Right? So they're going through this, and the son dies, and of course, the, 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 the woman starts to blame Elijah. Have you come to point out my past life, and because I'm such a bad person, now my son's dead, and Elijah's like, woman, give me your problem. I'm taking your son upstairs to the upper room, and me and God going to talk, and through the rest of the story, we see that the son raises from the dead, and this woman, who did not believe in Elijah's God, came to believe in Yahweh, Right? So Elijah's been on this journey and is continually depending on God. Well, coming into 1 Kings chapter 18, we see this in verse 1 and 2. Later on, in the third year of the drought, that's a long time of no rain. Y'all complaining about humidity now. Right? Can you imagine not just like food shortages, but the atmosphere. Three years of no rain, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. 
Tell them that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. The drought at this time had lasted three and a half years. See, it says in the third year of the drought. And in this drought, the entire time, the Lord had been seeking God. Because when the Lord said it was time, hey, Elijah, I want you to go to King Ahab. Elijah was already in communication with God. We don't need to just speak to God when we need something. And oftentimes, that's pretty much our communication. When you need your bill paid, you'll get on your knees. But when everything's good, you consult, you know, vacation rentals before you consult God. Right? When everything's going good, you consult, where do I get to go? Instead of asking God, where would you have me go? Elijah, though, was in this rhythm, this lifestyle of I'm including my God in everything I do. And we need to be in that constant communication, in other words, a relationship, so that when he has an assignment for us, we're in the lifestyle of hearing to respond immediately with a, if you would have me go, then I would go. You see, when it was time for God to say, hey, Elijah, go to King Ahab, Elijah was in this rhythm and in this relationship with God where when God said go, Elijah didn't have to pray about it. Elijah didn't have to ask 45 times about it. Elijah didn't have to go fast about it. Elijah just said, okay. Because he was already in this posture to receive whatever it was. And God says, go present yourself to King Ahab. Now, first of all, that was not exactly something probably was easy to hear. Because he's about to go see the guy that wants to kill him. Because there ain't no rain. And there ain't been no rain since Elijah said it. And I want to point this out, that earlier God told Elijah... When he told King Ahab it wasn't going to rain, he said, go hide by the Kareth brook. But now he's saying, go present yourself to King Ahab. In life, there are times to get hidden and be alone. But there's also times to present yourself to the world. Let me say that again. There are times... To get hidden and alone with God. But there will come a time to present yourself to the opposition, to the issue, to the family who don't like you, to the job who's trying to keep you down because they believe differently than you. There will be a time to present yourself and say, we're not going to have this anymore. But here's the problem. Some people love to be seen and never get hidden. And some love to get hidden and never be seen. And I believe that's pretty much where we're at in the church. We have a lot of houses that love to be seen, but they never got hidden so that by the time they were seen, no one saw God. They saw 
Lights, camera, action. Great experience. Great presentation. Beautiful organization. But if you were to ask the people who it was presented to, who is God, they would say, Jesus died for me. And that's about all you'd get. And Jesus says, many people are going to know that. That don't mean they know me. Satan knows Jesus died for people. He was there when it happened. Is this too much? But then some people, especially the church, we love to get hidden and we love to have our worship gatherings and we love to pray and intercede and prophesy and fall out and have holy laughter and roll on the floor. Or maybe not that extreme. We have our prayer requests and we put them in the chicken wire because we're really original. We have communion. Is this too much? We, we pray. We do all the stuff. But no one ever sees any evidence of what's going on in you. And when it's time to present yourself, we've got to make sure we are presenting ourselves in his name and not yours. You see, God tells Elijah, tell Ahab, I am going to send the rain, not you. Because sometimes getting hidden is necessary because remember, in 1 Kings 17, when Elijah first pops up, Elijah says, Hey, I come in the name of Yahweh, and it ain't going to rain until I say it's got until I say it's going to rain. But Elijah's been hidden for three and a half years, and now when he comes, he's not supposed to say, "Hey, King, it's time to rain." This time he says, "My God's going to send the rain." Him was taken completely out of it. Because when it was time to present himself to the enemy, it was nothing about himself that was to be presented. It was, my God says, he going to bring the rain. Hmm. It is all about God's will and timing. But do we miss the timing of what God wants to do because we're not in a lifestyle rhythm of hearing and listening? Is this, is this making sense? I believe that's why God has told this house to get in. You cannot present yourself as a church under the name of God until everything you do and are is actually what I want and not what you've come up with. Stop trying to strategize with crafty ideas and just get the people to understand who I am and that I want to speak to them. Get hidden. I don't care about your attendance on Saturdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and this day. I want their attendance to be with me in a hidden place to gain a relationship with me that I've never had with them before. I'm going to change everything up. I'm going to ask you to do some things that's not going to make sense. 
We're about to find out who's following God and who's following what works for my schedule. When God says leave your family and leave your friends, how many of you will shift your schedule for what God has told you to do? And I'm not saying that as a manipulative way to prepare you for something because I'm not even sure what it is yet. I'm being very vulnerable. But I know that there's a shift and a change coming and it all has to do with God, 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 and nothing else. But we've got to get hidden to discover it. And it can't just be an empty word that this house is going to decree or proclaim. It's got to get in the hearts and minds of every single person that is supposed to be attached to the vision of this house. Get hidden and get with God. So that when I say it's time, it will resonate and there will be no issue of divide. Because there will be a day to present ourselves. And I say, even maybe prophetically, that it's not just this house. It's more houses around the area and they may not even know it. And some maybe know it and they're already getting hidden. That's why we haven't heard about them. Because let's not get prideful and boastful thinking we're the only ones. That's against what God wants to do. We don't want to be the only ones and I, and I know we're not the only ones. So Elijah, he, because he's been in this rhythm of hitting with God, hearing his voice, understanding who he is, <clears throat> he goes to present himself to King Ahab with God's release and permission and command. In verse 3, so Ahab summoned Obadiah. Now really quick before we go on. It's easy to assume that this is the same Obadiah as the, the minor prophets. I hate major and minor prophets. I really don't even think there's any such thing as major or minor. They're all flipping prophets. <laughs> right? We can't assume it's the same Obadiah. There's a lot of different Obadiahs used in Scripture. Okay? So, so just let's get that clear. Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Once when Jezebel tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden 100 of them in two caves. And he put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Let's talk about how good God is. The very name Obadiah actually means worshiper or servant of Yahweh. And this dude whose name means worshiper of Yahweh, is in charge of the palace of a government that supports Baal and wants to kill anyone under Yahweh. And he's still alive. He is so devoted that in the middle of this severe famine <clears throat> caused by a drought from his God, Jezebel tries to kill the prophets and Obadiah is the one who hid a hundred of them so they'd be safe. Talk about grace in hidden places. That God is not only providing for Elijah and the 100 prophets, 
but he is providing a protection, hiding Obadiah himself to be devoted to Yahweh, yet right there in the presence of King Ahab in charge of the whole flipping palace. That direct rebellion should have killed him. But when God has a purpose for you, he's going to take care of the places that need to stay hidden and those that need to be exposed as it relates to his will being carried out. Some of you work for people and are in places that are never going to glorify God and God says, I'm going to take care of you until it's time to expose what you're all about. That's why I have given you scripture, God says, about be obedient to government even when you don't agree with it. Obadiah was protected the entire time because he was honoring the request of a king who worshipped, basically, let's just say it, the devil. But he was totally obedient to Yahweh because for some reason, just like Elijah, Obadiah in the hidden place, he had a peace that he was where he was supposed to be even though where he was wasn't glorifying God. Is that confusing? You see, we think God always wants you to be in the obvious place of glorifying him. What would be the point of that? I've got Elijah hidden until it's time to expose him. And King Ahab don't even know who your loyalty is, who your loyalty is to Obadiah. So I've got you hidden too in a whole different way until it's time to expose you. I don't Okay. This is this is exactly where we are. Get hidden. Let me hide you until it's time to expose. What is our responsibility in it though? Walk in step with him. You've got to know what he's telling you and you've got to be obedient. So in verse 5, Ahab says to Obadiah, we must check every spring and every valley in the land <clears throat> to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. So they divided the land between them. <clears throat> Ahab, Ahab. Ahab went one way by himself. Obadiah went another way by himself. As Obadiah was walking along, in obedience to a king who was worshiping the devil, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my lord Elijah? He asked. Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master, Elijah is here. The drought, <clears throat> again, <clears throat> it was so severe that both the king and his servant Obadiah went looking for grass to save the horses and the mules. And as each went their own way, go your own way, as each of them went their own way, 
Obadiah, y'all know about it. Obadiah sees Elijah. At the very time Elijah heard God's voice, go to the king. Now think about this. Elijah was hidden, first by a brook, now in a widow's house. Obadiah was hidden, a Yahweh worshiper in charge of the palace that was giving glory to Baal, Jezebel, and Ahab. And then an evil king says, go get grass to protect my, my mules and horses. In other words, we ain't got no food to, to save them. Go find something. And he goes at the exact time Elijah goes and they meet because both were hidden and understanding the voice of God. Now think about this for a second. <clears throat> king Ahab didn't say go and find food for my people. He said, go and take care of my stuff. Go find grass and pasture for my horses and my mule. I want to make sure that all my stuff's taken care of. Now, Obadiah, being a good man, could have argued with King Ahab. Man, you're so full of yourself. Why don't you go after stuff for your people? If he would have done that, he would have been looking for the wrong thing and never got to Elijah. Instead, he submitted to the governing authorities who did not understand that God was using all things to work together for those, Obadiah and Elijah, who were seeking him. Even the enemy don't know that God can use him because he don't know his voice. Woo! So you know what I say? You can shut us down all day long, government. You don't even know what you're doing to make us better. Think about it. Praise God in perilous times. Don't shut us down. You guys are funny. Oh, no. We have to meet together more often. Isn't that what the church has been praying for? Revival and awakening, now's the time to force awakening, and we're mad about it? Wake up, sleeping church. Okay. He obeyed the leadership, and God, in his all-knowing, took the obedience of Obadiah to set up a time with Elijah. It's kind of funny. Elijah saw the widow picking up sticks and he saw Obadiah picking up grass. It's kind of funny. I don't know what the point is of that. I just thought it was cool. But I, know, I do know one thing. <clears throat> obedience is key in being in line with God's will. Even when the obedience is confusing. That's a word for someone. God's told you to do something and you don't understand why, but I'm just going to tell you, be obedient. You don't need to know why. Because right now you're hidden and if you're obedient, there will be a time for you to be presented. John 14, 30 through 31 says this. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches. This is Jesus talking. He has no power over me. <clears throat> but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. Will you do the will of God even when it doesn't seem profitable to you? See, 
Jesus knew what he had to do, even though that there was no power over him. He had to submit to governing powers that were false in order to rise above. Elijah went from hiding to go to the king that wanted to kill him. Obadiah serves a king who's against his God, but he knew God wanted him there. How did they know? Intimacy and relationship. Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be where I am. If you're confused about where am I supposed to be, if you don't have peace about where you're supposed to be, it's an indicator that there's a lack in your intimacy. Whether you like that or not. Think about what the Bible, we talked about this a little bit in men's group, but I'm going to go a little deeper in this. Think about fruit of the Spirit. These are the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Peace, love, joy, self-control, all these things. Well, can I, can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit ain't the only one that has fruitful characteristics. Other stuff has fruit. And sometimes it's rotten. And if you're in a place in your life where all you are is confused, that's not growing from a relationship with God. See, some of y'all like that. Well, I'm confused, but I love God. Just because you love God does not mean you know Him. Well, I'm trying to get known, but I'm still confused. Well, then there's something that's whispering in your ear that you need to cut out so that your ear can be tuned to one station. It's not that you're not talking to God, but you still got stuff that you're giving too much ear to. You know why they got hidden? They had no one else to listen to. I believe that's why the, the God, God has called the church to get hidden. Learn to listen to me. Don't listen to church growth strategies. Don't listen to what the culture's doing. I am sick and tired of hearing pastors say, figure out what the culture's doing. Why will we try to be culturally relevant to a culture that God has called to redeem? If he wanted us relevant to the culture, why does he call us strangers and foreigners to it? If we look like it, we ain't going to look strange. Is this okay? Obedience. Now, having said that, they're hidden. They're in intimacy with God. <clears throat> they're in relationship with God. And Obadiah sees Elijah. He says, are you Elijah? Yeah, I am. Obadiah's, Obadiah's like, wow, this is awesome. Verse 7. As Obadiah was walking along, I'm reading this again, he suddenly saw <coughs> Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once, bowed low to the ground before him. It's really you. Is it really you, my Lord Elijah? He asked. Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master Elijah is here. Oh, sir. Obadiah protested. What harm have I done you that you sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? Now remember, Obadiah has been proven as a loyal servant of Ahab for all these years. He's in charge of the palace, and now Elijah's saying, it's time to present yourself. That's who you truly are. And Obadiah, oh no. All right, who are you to send me to my death? 
And I think that's a lot of times our response when we get hidden. We're on our way to this journey with God, and God says, go present yourself. And you're like, oh, no, God, it's not time. Who are you to tell God it is not time? And this is where Obadiah is. He's like, what harm have I done to you that you're sending me to my death by the hands of Ahab? <clears throat> I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on earth from end to end to find you. And each time he was told Elijah isn't here, King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear to the truth of his claim. And now you're telling me to say, go and tell your master Elijah's here? But as soon as I leave you, the spirit of the Lord, isn't it funny, in a, in a, in a moment Obadiah starts like calling the Lord a liar. He's like, I know what's going to happen. Verse 12, as soon as I leave you, the Spirit of the Lord is going to carry you away to who knows where. Ahab's going to come. He ain't going to find you, and he's going to kill me. <laughs> Yet I've been a true servant of him my whole life. I've been hidden, and now you're going to expose me, and when he comes to find you, the Lord's going to take you away, and here I am, and I'm going to get killed. Has no one told you, my Lord Elijah, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid a hundred of them in two caves, supplied them with food and water. Now you're telling me to go tell your master Elijah here, sir, if I do, I'm going to get killed. Obadiah is trying to present him case. It's not time for me to be exposed. Both were obeying God. Both have seen the providence of God. And all of a sudden, Obadiah goes from loyal servant to questioning everything. See, it's a lot harder to receive God's voice through people than by yourself. Especially if it's a word that puts you in seemingly dangerous places. But here's the thing. When you get a word that says it's time to be exposed, God knows that you ain't gonna like that and that you're going to question it. So you know what God says? Test the word. First Thessalonians 5, 20-21. Don't scoff at the prophecies. Test every, every, everything. That word ain't for me. Test everything. Not some of them. Not the ones that sound right. All of them. And hold on to what's good. When, when someone comes to you and gives you a word about exposure or it's time to do this, before you reject it because it might sound absolutely crazy and not for you and out of time, God says, before you throw it away, test it. And you hold on to what's good. This is essentially what Obadiah is doing. He's saying, I know what's going to happen to me. It's certainly this is not God's will for me. So I, I don't know if I want to take this or not. And he tests it, and this is Elijah's answer in verse 15. Elijah said, I swear to God. See, that's in Scripture. <laughs> in a good way. I swear by the Lord Almighty in whose presence I stand that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah come and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. All it took for Obadiah to obey the word that Elijah said was he tested it and the outcome of it was a promise from God by Elijah saying, I'll be right here. 
What brought Obadiah peace about the word? The promise he needed to hear from a man who had proven character. And I believe that there may be things hidden in words spoken over you, but because it seems hard or dangerous or ridiculous, you throw the word to the side rather than testing it to see if there's anything good in it for you. And you haven't known how to do that because no one has taught you how. Well, I don't know if that's words for me. I don't, that, that just seems absolutely crazy. I, I, I'm, I'm seeking God, and that just don't seem like it lines up because God told me this. Test it because there's a time to be hidden. But there will, not maybe, will come a time for you to be exposed. And you need to test the word to find out, is this my time? That's when I hear words over, the, over relentless. It's time for God to do this. I don't just throw it away. I test it because I know God said get hidden, and I know there will be a time for exposure. And in the in-between, I test to find out what's good and what's to be thrown away. Is this okay? We so often don't consider strange to be God-like, even though he calls us, again, strangers to the world. His very nature is strange because we've operated out of it. It should become natural to us and strange to them. But remember, we are still flesh. Our minds are still being renewed. And no matter how godly you is, there's still going to be a part of you that will automatically want to reject it. So he says, before you do, test so Obadiah carries out the word because he got the promise that God delivered to Elijah. Look what happens in verse 16. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come. And Ahab went out to meet Elijah. Look how simple that was. He didn't rebuke Obadiah. He didn't say, you dead. He just, where he at? So Ahab went out to meet Elijah. And when Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so is it really you? you troublemaker of Israel. <laughs> king Ahab was the most ungodly king that Israel had ever had. <clears throat> and here he is calling the godly prophet Elijah the troublemaker. Why? Because Ahab believed in Baal so much that Baal, they promoted him in the government, the leadership. If you didn't worship Baal, you were killed. So he thinks Elijah is causing the problems in Israel because he made God Baal mad, so Baal's withholding the rain. That's what Ahab's thinking. So he's causing Elijah the troublemaker. You causing problems for my nation and my God. Really what should have happened was Ahab should have just dropped Baal and turned to Yahweh and rain would have started pouring. But when pride gets in the way, you want to build your own altars and you want to build your own God. You want to build your own ways. You want to build your own government. You want to build your own life and you never want to consult God about it. The only thing Ahab got hidden in was himself. And you want to make sure that's the thing you don't get hidden in. Don't get hidden in your career. Don't get hidden in your goals. Your goals may not be his. So stop wasting your time trying to get goals that he ain't got planned for you. And just because you're reaching, that don't mean he planned them for you either. 
That just means you were successful at mismanaging your time. <laughs> but it was time to expose everything. So Elijah responds, I've made no trouble for Israel. This is verse 18, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers. <laughs> for you've refused to obey the commands of the Lord and you've worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now, summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel. I used to say Mount Caramel. <laughs> Mount Carmel. Along with 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. There are so many believers scared of all that's what's happening right now in the world. They're seeing the false government and the government falling and the COVID rules and the, the, the vaccination stuff and the mass stuff and people are so scared. Can we just throw our opinions away and just get hidden? God does not give you a spirit of fear. And if we continue to fear things, that's the food that the enemy eats off of. Stay hidden and there will be a time when all the stuff is going to be brought out to the front. We get scared of things in the dark. We get mad about ignorant decisions. Well, I can't believe the president did this. I can't believe our mayor did that. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe they let this. Can you believe they allowed this on TV? I can't believe. I can't believe. I can't believe. What are we going to do? Luke 8, 16 through 18. No one lights a lamp and covers it with a bowl and hides it under a bowl or under a bed. A lamp is lit, is placed on the stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. All that is secret will eventually be brought into the open. And everything that's concealed will be brought to light and made known to all. Listen up. It's going to get exposed. Until it is, stay hidden. And staying hidden is not telling the world through a social platform what your opinion is. Use your platform to love people, not condemn them, you hypocritical idiot. Did my pastor just call me an idiot? Yes, bless you. See, I can do that because I'm not wrong about it. <laughs> Call you an idiot in the name of Jesus. I love you. It's, we're turning people toward darkness and not light. Stop. Love people. It's not that hard. Look at what Obadiah did the entire time. It's not time to expose what's right yet. 
We are called to be hidden and let God expose it in its time. Everything is going to be revealed. Everything is going to be shown. Let it. Pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given for those who are not listening. Even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. Did you hear that? If you're not listening, what you think you get is going to get taken away. In other words, stop trying to operate out of your own arsenal. I know I'm being bold, but someone's got to be. A couple years ago when we came here, we used to do outreach every week, some, like somewhere every, 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 every Sunday, every this day, and God just said, stop doing it. I'm not, and I'm not coming against people who do. I think outreach is a great thing. But let me tell you why he told us to stop. It's blinding you from the fact that you don't know a thing. You see, even good things can distract us sometimes. We get distracted by this is a good cause. I don't know if this is making any sense. But I, I'm going to expose everything. But let it be in my time because when you try to do it, it's empty words that are just sucked up and thrown away. Yeah, you know, I find it funny. I don't know if all of you do, but you know, I listen to give the Give Him Fifteen with Dutch all the time, and there are many other great people of God with great words for today. And as many of us who know all that, it's it's crazy to me when I talk about that outside of these circles. People look at you like a deer in headlights. Like, what is that? Because it's stuff that you wish the government had in their headset. Why don't they have it? Stay hidden. You need to know it until it's time for me to expose it. Bring it to light. The church needs to get hidden and lost in God until he says it's time. How will we know? Well, how do I know if it's time? The fact that you're asking says it's not time. Because when we truly get lost in love and relationship with him, knowing will become the natural response of hearing his voice. Someone shared a, a video this week with me, and I, I won't tell you their name, but I, I know they'll be okay with me saying this. And they asked, is this a true prophetic word? And first of all, it was like a 30-minute video. So the first thing I thought was, <laughs> No. Because, like, you know, like we hear like God prophesies in part and people who prophesy for an hour, just, just be quiet. You're not all that. <laughs> but they were prophesying, and in part of the video, the prophecy said, um, it was like as if Jesus was talking to him, and it said, I'm, I'm coming back when this and this and this happens. And I said, yeah, that's false prophecy. They said, why? I said, well, because the scriptures say Jesus doesn't even know when he's coming back. So how can he even tell you? Test it and take what's good and throw away what's not. 
we're so, it's so easy for us to want to accept everything we want to hear. And I think that's part of why we need to get hidden because we, we've got to start accepting things we don't want to hear. Like love, like love people you don't agree with. Wash the feet of those who walk all over you. See, we, 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 like, we, we love to get behind, let's pray for God to have a move in the revival. But what if I told you God told me we need to go, you know, to the next, you know, BLM rally and wash their feet? You wouldn't like that. He hadn't told me that. Chill. You know, what if God's told us to go to the, the most hor- like like a protest going on in Savannah? And just sit and pray and not make a spectacle out of ourselves with sound systems and music. Because we love to do that stuff when we're seen. The world, everyone's looking for movements and causes. Even in Jesus' time. They are looking for someone to follow. And when they followed Jesus, Jesus called them out and said, y'all all follow me. Who's going to eat my flesh, drink my blood, and then half of them left? Because even Jesus knew. He's like, I'm going to lead and y'all going to do greater things than me. Because even he knew this isn't about following one man. This is not about a movement. I know where relentless is going. It's go- like, I-, I get compliments all the time about, oh, you got a great message, you got a great word, we love your teaching. But let me just give you a spoiler alert. We're going to get to a place where no one's going to know who the heck I am. And no one's going to come for this teaching on this microphone because we're not going to build this off of a gift. Not, not happening. It might be happening for a season. But it's, it's, we're going to a place to equip. But that can't be exposed until we learn how to get hidden. I hope this is sinking in. I said I wasn't going to preach long. I'm preaching the exact same amount of time. So look what happens. Elijah stands up to the king. <coughs> he says, get all your prophets of Baal and Asherah and bring them to Mount Carmel. Verse 20, so Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Now my first question is, now Ahab could have simply killed Elijah at that moment. He'd been wanting to do three. Why, why didn't he? Because God knew exactly the timing when even Ahab would listen to Elijah's request. Because they were desperate for rain. And I believe there's a lot that God is allowing to happen right now until the people who think they have power realize they don't have it. Elijah gathered 850 prophets who hated him who hated Yahweh, but three and a half years will humble and putty. And Elijah, who had been hidden for three and a half years, <clears throat> and the people 
whose God had been absent for the entire famine, and really always, because we know he's not real, are finally face to face. And having their ear, Elijah drops a bomb on them. And this is the last verse I'm going to read for tonight. Verse 21. Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver? Hobbling between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow Baal. But the people were completely silent. See, all their cries to Baal didn't work, so there were times of, well, maybe there, maybe there is this power in Yahweh. But they dare not cry his name because King Ahab would have killed him. See, they were given some devotion to both gods, and we saw in our Revelation series, God don't like lukewarm behavior. In fact, God rejects divided devotion. You can't give half to God and half to something else. And I believe that there's many who are in divided devotion, and God is saying, get hidden. Because you're divided, and I'm not going to even expose my will for your life until you're sold out for me. Israel was divided. And Elijah says, how much longer will you waver? You know, the, the, word, the Hebrew word for, ma- for waver simply means to hop around and dance. It says, how long are you going to dance back and forth between two opinions of what's truth and not? Elijah is confronting the issue. He says, you've got to pick one. God or Baal? How long are you going to dance between the two? How many more sermons do you need to listen to? How many more church services you need to attend? How many more people need to get sick before you start touching them instead of socially distancing from them? Let me say that again. How many more people need to die in the hospital before we start touching them instead of distancing ourselves from them? I'm waiting for someone to say, Kyle, I feel like the Lord is telling me we need to open up Relentless so that we can lay hands on the sick. And maybe it's not time yet, because that's definitely going to expose us. No one's going to like that. The people were silent. Because they knew, Elijah knew what was just exposed. Because I know you're lukewarm because your actions are undecided. And you can't even choose one way to go. So I say, before you do anything... I say before we try to tackle the issues that are so apparent, let's get hidden in him that choosing him is our natural and not an opinion, not an option. Hidden places. Be obedient. Walk in relationship with him. Testing words to see if they're ours. Walking with him in all things. Let's get hidden so that we're ready when God says it's time to be seen. You know, we keep talking about the remnant. God's raising up a remnant. Yeah. But he won't expose it until it gets hidden in him. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to be the I don't want to be on the sidelines watching who God's going to use. 
And you can't just pray, God, use me. You got to get hidden. You got to get lost in him. He's got to be your only focus and your only passion. Where nothing else has your attention, nothing else has your ear, nothing else has your eyes. Hidden things, hidden places. We're going to see next week Elijah does all kind of crazy stuff and God shows himself out. But it could not happen until they got hidden. I'm excited about what God's doing in this house. But we have to be equally as passionate about the season he has us in. Don't try to go make yourselves known. It's not time to put yourselves on Facebook Live. And, and I want to be clear, I'm not condemning any other house. I'm, I'm speaking for this one. I can't speak for what God's told them. But we've got to be hidden. I, I mean, just <coughs> this, this isn't spiritual, but I, I, every day I think, do we need to close down our Facebook and Instagrams to get even more hidden? I, I think about stuff like that all the time. I don't know why, but I know there's something powerful about it. Just get lost in me. Can we stand for a moment? I just I, I want to open up just in case someone needs prayer before we go. Maybe something in this message has just really tugged on you to say, I have not given God my full attention. I have not given God all of me. Maybe something's tugged on you in this message that is, <clears throat> for some reason, you feel like there's just a call to get even more hidden in him. If that's you, could you just slip your hand up? Yeah, all around. Church, can, can we just surround those that have their hands up? And let's, right now, just as, when I say church, I mean everyone in this room. If they've got their hand up, let's surround them. Put, let's put your hands on them. And let's just start praying that God will just overwhelm them. That God would show them what, what places need to be cut away. Just, come on, let's just start praying right now. God, you, you would just show them right now what places need to be cut away, what places need to be cut off. Show them the places they need to go to. Show them the places they need to get hidden in God.